Welcome to Dungeons Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are here one week before Netflix is going to drop the whole third season on us uh, to do a season three preview, or Stranger Things three preview, they don't call these seasons, uh, talking about a whole lot of things. We've we've been privy to at least three trailers now, a teaser, two regular ones. Yeah. They just, two days ago, I think, dropped the final uh, trailer. And Surprise. there's a lot of a lot of information to pull from those. We're going to kind of go over all that stuff, maybe make a few predictions, uh, talk about how excited we are maybe for, for Stranger Things 3, because I don't know about you, but I am very excited. Yeah, it's been a long time off. It has. It has. And I rewatched season two, just, just finished it yesterday. So I am excited. Very excited. You know, when we were doing our preview preparations, a couple of like topics uh, kind of jumped out at us. Um, some things that seem to be like deviations from previous seasons or themes that they're continuing to develop. Uh, for example, uh, one of the big changes is this, this is going to happen in July, the summer yeah. of 1985. Every previous season has happened in like the Halloween period, like when the frost is on the pumpkins and things are getting colder. Um, and that's that's obviously a big change. Uh-huh. Also, themes that they introduced last season that the the stranger kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. They're starting to have hormones and and more adult relationships. Um, they're starting to change, and it's threatening kind of the group. And interestingly, this season it seems like the town of Hawkins is kind of growing up along with them because there's a lot of um, excitement over the new Starcourt Mall. There's this kind of a sleazy. A small town mayor that's pushing that through and there's there's protests in the trailers we can see the citizens not sure how they feel about how this is going to impact the mom and pop shops uh then uh there's also been interviews with the cast and crew that have stated that this season is going to be a lot darker and it's going to be influenced more by veteran horror directors like uh, john carpenter david cronenberg and george romero than more of the steven spielberg E.T. kind of, uh, you know, scary but child-friendly uh, ways of the past. So mm-hmm. um, I thought maybe those are some uh, topics that we could uh, delve into. We've also done a lot of uh, background research into the pop culture hits that were relevant in 1985. Yeah, songs, movies, things like that. Yeah, because we know that they always those influences tend to work their way into the, the series as well. Yeah, in my rewatch, I was actually surprised at how many of those songs and stuff show up in mm-hmm. that season um there's stuff that came out maybe a little bit after or uh, just slightly after that season takes place um mm-hmm. that they kind of anachronistically throw in there but they they work thematically so there's stuff like that too in this it season. Seems especially on music color yeah. outside the lines the most but yeah that uh but yeah, then you, you you got there's there's always there's there's also some really big you know kind of event movies that are very tied to this period that might be influenced uh, on the season more than than most. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought maybe we could start off uh, with summertime. What okay. Jim is the thing that jumps out to you in moving the uh, the, the the setting from from late fall to early winter in the Midwest to July 4th weekend of the Midwest. No, no jackets. That's Just, the biggest thing. These kids aren't going to have jackets this year. You get rid of all those puffy jackets. Tank tops. We're gloves, talking about relaxed shorts. Hoodies. Get them out of here. Mm-hmm. Get tank. It's all tank tops and short shorts. That seems important. Uh, no, it doesn't. Actually, let, before we get into this, let's say spoilers. Everywhere people might consider a lot of the speculation we're going to do based on trailers, spoilers, because... Yeah. 
there's a lot to go on here, yeah. frankly. They've, they've released kind of more info with that final trailer than I thought they would. The final trailers, give, I feel like, gives away a lot of plot points. Yeah. Yeah, pretty big ones. Um, though they keep some things yeah. obfuscated. Uh, but we're going to talk about all of that stuff. So if you consider speculation on trailers, spoilers, Cast and crew interviews, where they give a little bit of tidbits here yeah. and there, like we're, like I said, there's no, there's no production leaks. We haven't seen any advanced nope. episodes. We haven't seen any like these aren't like behind the scene type of things that are uh, influenced by by and large. It's just informed speculation. But you know, if you want to go in completely uh uninfluenced, just your own thoughts on the trailers, then turn back now. Come back next week when we do the. We, we we start marathoning the whole beast. Yeah, when there are no spoilers to be had because it's all out there. The whole thing's out. Uh, so number one biggest thing about summertime, I think, is the fact that, and it seems a weird setting to put what is supposed to be the darkest, scariest, like monster threatening season mm-hmm. set in the summertime because we know these things just like heat. Like that's how they resolve the whole final conflict uh, between you know Will dying and the mind flare being inside of him mm-hmm. with heat. Yeah. So, since it's summer, how are the monsters even going to come back? Like, that's yeah. my biggest question. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, it's it, they've always made it, like, a, a plot point that the reason these things keep happening to Hawkins around this time is because it's almost like the climate's finally mm-hmm. no longer hostile. It's like the, it's the opposite predator, you know? Like, when the yeah. predator, they always make a play, oh, this is the hottest summer on record, and it, it draws them. Well, these are the anti-predators. So now... Uh, in I grew up in central Indiana, central and southern Indiana in July, and it's hot as fucking balls usually. Not mm-hmm. so much this year, it doesn't it, it turns out, but uh, you know it's it's common to get into upper nineties in both temp- temperature and humidity, uh, and uh, it's also going to offer a little bit different of a tonal palette. Like you know, mm. uh, summer and rich in, in Indiana is is rich in blue skies and lots of green, lots of corn shoots i wonder i wonder how much corn we'll see because that's like growing up in indiana Hmm. it's like you don't have to drive far outside of any major city and it's just corn fields and bean fields and uh you know hawkins would have those things just outside their city Um, you would think so yeah so so not just the metaphysics of the 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 world are are changed here that like somehow these things that prefer cold are getting out in the summer. And and maybe we got some ideas for that, but also the other thing that's big change is, you know, a lot of the rhythm from previous seasons involved, like the boys, they're in middle school season. You can't just take off like a couple days off to, you have to invent reasons. Like you have to be, just pretend to be sick. And mm-hmm. then your other buddies, you know, can they get away with it? And it, it kind of puts a damper. Whereas in the summertime, you know, kids have a lot more freedom mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe the adults like it typified by the uh, miss wheeler she's got her uh her eye focus on other things so the, the, the kids can plausibly spend all like oh, yeah. go out at eight o'clock in the morning and not come home till 10 o'clock at night and nobody bat an eye except maybe for will because mm. like joyce man she does not let him out of her sight basically oh yeah uh after the whole you know mind flayer event i can't yeah. imagine that's going to get any better yeah that would that would uh, make sense it seems like it's possible that will might <laughs> i feel so bad for will because in the first season you know he's he's out of commission in the upside down most of the time in the second season he's out of commission with the mind flayer inhabiting his mind in the third season he looks like he moves away 
Yeah, there's, you know, we're, we're part of he this. He never gets to participate in these adventures. Yeah. He's, I, I, I wonder, because I also saw some pre-season uh, chatter from the showrunners saying that they wanted to give Will a break. Like, they didn't want him to be as tortured as previous seasons. But, uh-huh. I mean, maybe they, they literally mean he won't be in a cocoon of snot in the Upside Down for yeah. all of season. Or like, being, have... Being literally burned yeah. with a hot fire, a hot fire poker yeah. by Nancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of hijinks the kids can be up to, especially since mm-hmm. you've got this new mall, which kind of can be a cruising ground for a lot of uh, mm-hmm. you know adolescents, pre-adolescents, late teenagers, um, and another way that kids can kind of like interact in a fairly adult, unstructured way. That's not, you know, have teachers around and, and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see that. Also, it does seem like, you know, there's a lot of in the 80s, there's a lot of like, you know, classic, um, you know, pool hijinks. You yeah. think of um, like, uh, what is it, Fast Time at Ridgemont High is the one of the Yeah, the Phoebe Cates scene, which is sort of yeah. a, a dream sequence thing. And, and then they kind of like, I felt like in the trailer, uh, Billy's entrance uh, as the lifeguard. A hundred percent taken from it, that. It's yeah. very much shot. It kind of from that perspective where that's mm-hmm. the, the, the older women of Hawkins that are like the teenage boys and they're just all, you know, Twitter pated and, and, uh, uh yeah. captured by this, this youth's beauty. Um, but there's also like, you know, you think of like, uh, Caddyshack and Ferris Bueller's day off and mm-hmm. gremlins. And there's like, things you can do that are literally funny and there's things you can do that are like uh very scary uh like you know thinking of like what you could do like gremlins like uh, stripes jumping in the pool at the end uh-huh. and how kind of like horrific that felt like could there be something something to that uh, especially since it seems like billy is going to end up on the wrong side of some upside down equation seems like it before before we move on to billy because i definitely want to talk about him uh-huh. uh yeah, so so there's an episode. We've we've got all the episode names here. This might be considered slightly spoilery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an episode called "The Case of the Missing Lifeguard," mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and in one of the trailers, you can see one of the lifeguards that walks past Billy. It's kind of being sucked in the upside down. It always seems to happen around like pools, mm-hmm. bathtubs, or some connection with water. Uh, we know that that sort of void space has like a floor mostly of water. Right. Um, it's it's interesting to me because it, it evokes like Barb, right, getting killed in the pool in mm-hmm. season one, uh, and you got that whole thing going into this summertime, so it yeah. c- could be interesting. I also think there's it, it's cool. There's also an extended sequence that looks like it's at some kind of um, festival uh, or carnival, like carnival yeah. which you know is also a big part of the Midwest. Like you know, mm-hmm. apple butter festivals, squash festivals, harvest festivals. Like we don't need yep. much of a reason to throw a, a random damn street festival. Get some carnies out here with some, you know, maybe unsafe rides that are charged way too much money. They got a gravitron. Yeah, nice. get get to get the vomitorium <laughs> fired up. Uh-huh. Um, but it's another one of those environments that like you know kids can hang out with. But it's and it's also very bright and fun. And there's like a cool lighting. Act aspects but also at nighttime it can be kind of menacing Mm -hmm. and we saw there's um there's a sequence in one of the trailers where you see this uh guy with a silence pistol like creeping through a hall of mirrors and yeah you know it's just another place to have a really cool action set piece like clearly um there are it, it seems like there's a lot more um Government attention, like last year, or like not not even government attention. There's a lot more people than just like Hawking's lab or like some random. There, there's there's people that are after 
uh, Eleven and try and investigate the truth and what's going on here at the at the at Hawkins. And I think that's the thing they've kept most in the dark uh, when it comes to trailers is what's going on. Is it like someone trying to reopen the portal? I know there's mm-hmm. some stuff in season two where they talk about Russians. Um, it, like, what would the Russians do with this? Right? Would right. they would they be containing it? Or would they view it as a mistake, or would they open it wide up and and welcome the monsters in? Yeah. Uh, that might tie into season three somehow. Yeah, I saw when I was uh, looking at some breakdown threads and Reddit that someone had spe- uh, had asserted. I don't know whether this is true or not. Although I'm somewhat of an expert since I just got done watching Chernobyl, uh, but someone mentioned that the the gas masks or the chemical containment suits, the hazmat suits that there, there's an experiment involving some kind of weird or rat reactor that gets out, out of, of electricity and starts vaporizing people. Um, that someone identified those uh, hazmat suits as being Russian in origin, hmm. and there's speculation that um, the Russians are investigating this portal technology. Because if you recall, like in the first season, one of the things Eleven was sent to do was like to astrally project herself and spy on a person who's speaking in Russian. Yeah, and this is at the height of the Cold War. So if the Russians can detect that the Americans are doing this, then it makes perfect sense for them to be experimenting and. And maybe, uh, you know, it's not it's like it's shutting down the lab in Hawkins is not sufficient now that you got mm-hmm. the Russians trying to reopen it. Um, but also there's this line in the trailer um, where it sounds like the entities of the upside down are speaking through some sort of human host. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you brought us here and then you tried to shut us out, but it's not going to work. Okay. Now's probably a good time to talk about Billy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's whose voice we're hearing. In those trailers? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think so, too. Do you want to... So, like, this brings us into a general, um, I think, a discussion of, like, some of the other filmatic influences on this season. Okay. Uh, that, uh, that that in there's a, a behind-the-scenes book that, that came out last year called Stranger Things, Worlds Turned Upside Down. You can order it on Amazon, wherever you get your books. Uh, one of the co-creators, uh, uh, Ross Duffer, one of the Duffer brothers, says this about season three. As we're inspired by John Carpenter's The Thing. We're inspired by Cronenberg. We have a little bit of George Romero vibe in there as well. There are horror movies and horror masters that we haven't really paid a tribute to as much in previous seasons that we're definitely going to try to get into this season. Uh, so what, let's, let's continue with our discussion of Billy because we think that he's kind of the nexus of some of these influences. Yeah, it seems to me, based on the trailers, that something is going to infect Billy. Um you know obviously from the upside down uh and and transform him perhaps into one of the monsters into a demogorgon-esque sort of creature yeah we saw him like uh, there's a scene in the first trailer where there's like some sort of corruption on his arm that he's in a shower trying to wash off yeah and you know and then you see a sort of transformation in a hospital hallway later yeah and maybe we like these these influences they're talking about like uh david cronenberg uh he's directed a lot of kind of weird body horror type movies but the one i always think about is the fly yeah which is about a scientist it's investigating interdimensional portal technology uh and in an experiment his dna gets crossed with the house fly and he just starts to undergo this disgusting like dehumanizing transformation mm-hmm. um and there's also a little bit of john carpenter's the thing in here yeah yeah it's it's a a creature that can transform into just about any other form uh certainly any organic form yeah uh and and you could you could almost say like oh combine that with sort of the zombie stuff with romero and you might get like a 
a combination of the two things, right? Like some yeah. humanoid looking possessed people sort of like Will was last year uh, or last season. Mm-hmm. And then you might also get people who actually transform into monsters like yeah. we think Billy's going to. Yeah, and it's what's also cool about that parallel is that uh, in The Thing, the alien life form also has an affinity for cold. This takes place at the Antarctic Research Station. Mm-hmm. And it, as it's stalking these scientists and assuming their form and killing them and transforming them, um, uh, they, they come up with this test where... There's this, you know, because there's it's it's it, it stokes a lot of fear and paranoia because these men are isolated. They don't have any contact. There's no one to rescue them. They're being slowly picked off. So they 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 tithe people up and administer this test where they extract some blood and then expose it to a source of heat. And if the blood doesn't do anything, then you're a person. But if the blood wigs the fuck out, try you know starts wiggling around and doing a bunch of crazy shit then you're an alien then it's then it's actually time to reveal yourself and kill the humans exactly exactly (laughs) uh and there's a couple of interesting episode titles that kind of yeah feed into this uh episode number four is called the sauna test Mm -hmm. which uh, i mean a sauna is a hot place yep and the, the that very much evokes the the thing kind of reference yeah um there's also chapter seven is called the bite which is sort of why I think there might be zombies involved too. Um, but that could be something related to the infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this, like the sauna test, it's really easy to see, like, cause uh, there's also the, the episode before that's the case of the missing lifeguard. So like yeah. Billy somehow gets infected. Uh, you know, he feeds on this as the entities possessed him. He feeds on this girl. She goes missing kind of like in a barb type of way. And then the kids figure out that someone's infected again. And they like, they, everyone has to take turns going into the sauna and anyone that doesn't want to like this stuff all starts to make, make a, a lot of sense. You had an yeah. interesting theory because there's also a lot of rat imagery. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff um on the poster for season three, like the key art. Yeah. Uh, there are rats at the bottom of that. There yeah. were, um, in a couple of shots in the trailers, there were rats scurrying around. Uh, it seems to me like maybe, maybe there's something to do with rats here. Uh, so I, I've since like kind of come back a little bit on this because I think there are other ways for them to get the upside down into the real world again. Because we know, like, okay, L shut the gate at the end of last season. Um, how are we going to get the upside down back in? to the real world because you had all those miles of tunnel covered in corruption and the yeah. dead pumpkins the demo the demo dog bodies yeah we saw all of them kind of drop dead or or drop dead ish at uh-huh. the end of the episode when l closes the gate so uh-huh. or when they drive will out uh the mind flare out of will so there was some speculation that maybe the rats could go down below in the tunnels and eat those demo dogs and become infected and then there's an episode Chapter two, actually, of this season is called The Mall Rats. Mm-hmm. So you could see a scenario in which maybe the infection spreads from the rats to the humans like Billy or yeah. or someone. Um, and maybe that's the way it comes back in. But there's also the possibility that the Mind Flayer is just out there still. Yeah. And I think that's actually the more likely thing for the bigger threat. Uh, and it's why I think, okay, maybe the infection spreads like some zombie thing. But then there's also this transformation from the mind flare and the real power uh, because there's some stuff in the trailer that says, like, you th- th- maybe we trapped him here. Like, 
You know, well, we, we closed the door behind him yeah. when he came in, and now he can't leave. And, so. and the way they shut that over the scurrying rats made me think about the uh, the the story from the Bible where Christ uh, drives the demon legion out of this possessed man. Oh, you're thinking of the Pied Piper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and the Jesus stole that in his parable. He did, yes. Uh, where he, he, he cast a demon out. His name is Legion because there's a, a, a just a, this, this guy's full of demons. Yeah. And uh, not having a host, the demons entered into his herd of swine and then, you know, uh, forced them to go throw themselves into the sea, killing them because apparently that, that's how demons do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got that sensation that, like, as the voiceover is laid on, that, like, they drove the Mind Flayer out. But mm-hmm. now it like maybe it it entered into this pack of rats. That rat's going to go to the mall and then it's going to find a suitable vessel. And unfortunately, that might be uh, Billy. There's also a lot of uh, something you pointed out. There's a lot of emphasis on this new Scoops Ahoy job that Steven's got. Or yeah. Steve's got. Lots it's, of people eating ice cream. A lot of people eating ice cream. It makes me wonder if there isn't something in the ice cream. Right. Uh, and this could be tied up in like some Russian plot right. or like, because at one point you see Steve mm-hmm. getting an injection in the neck. It looks yeah. like it's forcible, mm-hmm. like he doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that all about? Yeah. Because if it's turning Billy, no problem, how would it not be able to do that to Steve? And how would they have a cure for that? I, I don't know. Th- this is what I mean when I say like, this is sort of the most obfuscated part in the trailers and the part I'm most interested to see. Well, one of the movies that came out that summer, which I think, and you can see in some shots, is actually on the leaderboard of the Starcourt movie, is a, is a movie called The Stuff. Yeah, It came yeah. out in 1985, and the description, it's about a a delicious goo that people like compulsively eat, and it turns them into zombies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to map that onto soft serve ice cream or frozen yogurt or <laughs> yeah. whatever Scoops Ahoy is slinging. For and sure. uh, that would also be a fun way to put Steve kind of like right in the middle of this nexus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then, as you said, uh, it, there's also uh, on the coming soon section of this movie theater, um, uh, uh, a Day of the Dead. Yeah, Day of the Dead's like a, a special sneak preview. Right. Yeah. And the 1978 uh, pre not prequel, but the the movie before that, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. takes place almost entirely inside a suburban mall. Yeah, uh, zombies are descending on it, and and um, as you mentioned, the penultimate episode is called The Bite, and then the final episode, the finale is called The Battle of Starcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see, you know, there's some, you know, from the from the movie or from the trailer, there is the last trailer. There's a there's some kind of big standoff there at the mall now. They shot it to where it's like, because, like, you know, we see there's a singular, giant, disgusting Cronenberg beast that's unleashed in the hospital that may be Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they want you to believe that that's that same thing at the mall, but mm. it could be that uh, maybe uh, somehow the the mind flayers turned the citizenry at large of Hawkins, yeah. maybe through the consumption of ice cream, into zombies. And I wouldn't put it past there to be some kind of, like, just out all-out zombie homage battle. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, if the, the Russians mall. are trying to, like, reopen this gate yeah. or whatever, um, and they've somehow embedded themselves in society here, I I think it's totally possible that we see almost a red herring of, like, a zombie infection going around, and then that isn't the real thing. It's it's more about the mind flare. Because, I, I mean, I don't think it's such a big deal for L to fight a horde of zombies. Yeah, I do think it is a huge deal for her to fight this mind flayer again mm. uh, out in the real world instead of just closing this gate. So I, I'm 
kind of thinking that'll be the case. Uh, but it, it'd be really cool to see uh, this Starcourt Mall end up with a, a full-on zombie attack. Yeah. Like, th- that's kind of the thing that they did with malls in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. is they, in in popular culture, they were all about consumerism and how it's just like this non-thinking mentality of just going and buying the newest thing because it's new. Um, it was very much a very apt comparison to this zombie-like state. So I could see them leaning pretty heavily on that. Uh, so that might be a nice pivot into another topic, which is this season seems to be centering on like changes and endings. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like you said, this mall is a big change for Hawkins. Um, previous to these seasons, they showed that like uh, Hawkins had a thriving downtown with like mom and pop stores. In fact, Joyce famously mm-hmm. uh, worked for one where she's all, she's she's trying to bum advances from the owner because she needs a phone so she can keep the line open to, to find out about will um it seems like there's a lot of scenes of the the citizenry of hawkins protesting this for that very reason like yeah you know don't run mom and pop out of the uh out of business it's funny from 2019 where malls are all but dead in america mm-hmm. and they've been killed by walmart and then amazon is now trying to kill walmart um just to see kind of like where the landscape is, but that's that, that this is going to be a big change coming to Hawkins. It's not going to be the same. There are going to be mom and pops that go out, go out of business. And that does seem like it has, has the effect of driving out uh, Will's family because Joyce got yeah. no place to work. Yeah. It seems like at least at the beginning of the season, it's going to be sort of uh, a scattered group. It doesn't look like Will's going to be around, uh, at least at, in the early goings. I think we see him later. Mm-hmm. But also Dustin is kind of just out at summer camp, at a science camp, yeah, doing his own thing. Uh, there's a lot of a, a lot of change within the group, uh, just the dynamics of it, right? Like you've got Mike and Elle paired off. You've got seemingly Lucas and Max paired off. Uh, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin's been paired off with Steve, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will's completely absent. So like... I I'm interested to see how they address that and how importantly, like they do season after season, bring these groups back together. Yeah, it's because it's like they always have this three pronged approach with the adults, the right. teens and the kids. Right. And I want to see how they arrange that. Well, especially because, you know, I don't want to move away from the kids, but like, you know, the older kids are like Steve. Uh, this is his this last summer before he goes to college. I, I think if he if he ju- does, choose if he to can to write college, that. Uh-huh. In, if he can write that entrance yeah, letter, yeah, yeah. If you can that application get that and like you know nancy and john like you know what does jonathan do after this what does nancy do after this it looks like that they're meeting with the it's like some kind of journalist at the hawking herald or i forget what the exact exact name of the local newspaper and that that's going to be a big theme this year but mm-hmm. like you know something kind of poignant about the the opening scene from the first trailer where the kids have all surprised Dustin with like, this big home. And then it seems like that, that same day they go out to erect this massive science fair type project, this antenna that, what do you think that thing's going to do? Like, what's it supposed to do? What does it actually do? So there are many things it could do. A lot of people have speculated, Oh, Dustin met someone at camp uh, uh-huh. and he wants to communicate with them. But I don't know why all his friends would necessarily help him with that. Because it seems like they're all excited about it, but then, yeah, but th- we, we know that, Will's probably going to be gone, right? So maybe they're right. putting this antenna up to communicate with Will because walkie-talkies have been a huge thing for them. Right. Or like maybe it'll also be, um, you know, like it'll be like uh, he's invented an early form of cell phone. He's, he's essentially made a cellular network with <laughs> okay. only one cell tower uh-huh. and all the kids can stay. So it'll be kind of like, oh, how will they be able to stay in contact believably 
uh, here's the thing. It could be, I've heard some speculation that's like designed to maybe boost L's powers. Yeah. But, but there's a melancholy scene where like whatever it's doing, everyone kind of like as dusk falls, everyone's going their separate ways. Like L mm-hmm. and Mike go run down the hill and then Lucas and Max and it leaves kind of... Um, you know, whereas ever before they'd all be kind of working together and they'd be playing D and D in the basement, like you know, Dustin's kind of de- uh, dejected that everyone's leaving him with this, this science fair project. And there's even a a, a line uh, by Will from their trailer, not Will, Mike, where it's like, "What did you yeah. expect? We're all going to stay in my basement and play games the rest of our lives, or something to that effect." Yeah, like these things are changing their friendship circle. I want to tell this kid, look, pump the fucking, but you're. You're not even 15 yet. Right, right. You got some time before yeah, well, you, you have to split the girl, up the game. You know, you're a man now. But yeah, yeah. that's 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 the thing that, you know, like, you know, uh, romantic relationships change yeah. dynamics within a friend circle. Mm-hmm. And they can't help but do that. And I think it's kind of cool to see um, how this is going to do. Also, you know, shopping malls, like we talked before, and these carnivals are going to give them a chance to kind of like interact with each other in, in, in new ways as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, there's also a lot of like one of the big movies, uh, this year was Goonies, the 1985, okay. you know, ended up being a mega hit. Um, which we I, saw Sean Astin from the Goonies last yeah, season. Last year, there's already Bob. kind of a tight coupling, yeah. uh, from the casting. There's a lot of clear parale- parallels here because like the, the whole plot of the Goonies revolved around, is the end of summer, and there's this tight band of group uh, uh, of these young boys called the Goonies, and there was this real estate developer buying up the neighborhood and forcing all their parents to move out. So you have this economic anxiety mm-hmm. threatening the social group. There's also girls being added to the mix, and you know how do we feel about that when my kid brother kisses my the girl I'm sweet on, or mouth is falling for the weird alt girl? Like, how's that going to change? And um, there's this like really kind of nice thing about how this all can change friend groups. And of course that had a happy ending, you know, uh, they found the pirate treasure and they got their family out of debt and Hawk. Um, what is that going to, what's that going to look like on, in with the stranger kids? Yeah. Um, it's a real good question. Um, there's also, so I don't know that this is going to be a huge theme because but, although it could, and I'll maybe present a case for it. Yeah. The other big movie, the, the only truly blockbuster huge fucking movie that came out that year mm. that people were talking about is back to the future oh yeah i mean it was the number one movie for like 14 weeks or something it was insane uh so you're probably gonna get power of love by huey lewis in the yeah. news somewhere in this season but more importantly it's about time travel right mm. and going back and sort of changing your future by changing the past right uh there is some speculation about how this might tie in via the upside down a lot of people are wondering because there's what i noticed in season two is they go on and on about these now memories and the the phrase now memories struck me as like an oddly time-based thing Mm -hmm. memories we think of in the past right now we think of as the present Mm -hmm. could there be future memories right Mm -hmm. could could we go beyond the two time frames that we're talking about in that sentence and Mm -hmm. expand it uh, and a lot of people are saying, well, maybe what we're seeing in the upside down is not another dimension. It's not, you know, upside down. It's more like the future of Hawkins. Right. This is what's happened because we mess with time portal technology. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe Elle is like seeing the future because we know that she can go back and see the past mm-hmm. through her visions. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw the stuff that happened with Jane 
right. or sorry, not Jane, Terry Ives, mm-hmm. um, that happened years and years ago. And whether that's like a projection from Terry, uh, or whether that's actually going back and seeing things as they happen, we don't know. Yeah. I think the door is still open there. Yeah, it might be. There's also just a lot of, like you said, um, you know, Michael J. Fox is so huge that summer because he was starring on like one of the hit TV, top 10 hit TV shows, Family Ties. Uh, he was in Back to the Future. He was also in Teen Wolf that came out a couple weeks later. Yeah. And what's interesting about relevant. like all these things is like they were all about kind of like, you know, change or like desire for change or fear of change. Like, you know, one of the themes mm-hmm. in Family Ties was you had these like former hippies that gave birth to this child who is like this uh, conservative wonk, Alex P. Keaton, and he worships Reagan. And like they're kind of like, what the hell is going on at this? You've got Back to the Future, which is Marty McFly not happy with his presence and he gets goes back in time and then he comes back and forth and he essentially gets everything that he wanted by subtly manipulating time and then like teen wolf is about you know it's just a straight up uh parallel to like like werewolf mythology equals puberty yeah and 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 hormones and you know it's it's enticing because he gets all these physical gifts and he gets all this popularity but he also comes to become somewhat of an asshole bully Mm -hmm. and like you know there's like there's there's a change you can be afraid of um i think that there'll be elements of all these different themes like it might not be yeah maybe maybe l's going to time through travel through time you're going to get like all doctor who for this episode but i also think right. there's just a lot of people want things to change people don't want things to change people are afraid of the changes they're going under uh and there'll be a lot of those kind of like influences um one other uh violent ugly change that america <laughs> was forced to undergo in 1985 <laughs> uh, i know where you're going with this new coke yeah dropped in the spring of 1985 and less than three months later coke executives scrambled to get coca-cola classic back on the shelves because people fucking hated new coke i read that it was mostly mostly the south it was like an identity thing with them they rose yeah like they were doing millions of dollars of sales Mm -hmm. uh in more northern states it was Mm -hmm. just like the south fucking loved their coke and and loved it in a way that it felt like coke was them and so when they changed it, they were fucking furious. Well, the battle lines ran right through my family because I, my mom was like, like uh, <laughs> a Coke classic fiend. Like she just fucking hated Coke. And, I, and the thing is, like, yeah, we don't have to d- discuss about the actual politics of Coke and New Coke. But I think it's, it's, it, it, I think it would be funny if um because there's always a bunch of improvised weaponry and the the way to fight back like wouldn't it be funny if like new coke happens to be the perfect formulation for like melting a demigorgon yeah like you've got like like they're they dump diet they dump mentos into new coke and it makes the you know (laughs) like a cannon yeah the cannon fountain and they're spraying it like i think that'd be that'd be kind of fun um it could be I, i also think like they're going heavy on this too um they made actually a commercial with with yeah. coke um uh-huh. they've re-released new coke yeah. for stranger things three Plus, they've got upside down vending machines yeah, in certain cities new coke yeah and, and full strategic. of new coke yeah Th- so they're going big on it i don't know if that means that it's going to play significantly into the plot or just hey this is a good marketing tie-in for both of us let's do it mm-hmm. we'll see uh so we talked a lot about how this is going to be a darker kind of like more depressing season mm-hmm. of stranger things by all by all accounts um but you know one of the things that i've always enjoyed about stranger things is the way they kind of blend you know comedy and kind of like just uh general feel good coming of age stuff with the horror and uh the scary stuff uh where do, do we see anything 
that indicates that there might be fun. I, other than uh, Dustin and Steve's elaborate uh, handshake greeting involving <laughs> okay, let's virtual start lightsabers and fist bumps and all kinds yeah, of stuff. And, and like some weird surrogate dad thing. I mean, yeah. the, the, the relationship between Steve and Dustin has been awesome. I've noticed over the course of this, I think I know what they're doing with Steve. Oh. And we can talk about other fun stuff here in a second. But my theory on Steve is, you remember all of those fucking movies from the 80s and 90s where they take this really nerdy girl who, you know, does her hair wrong mm-hmm. and wears glasses and doesn't wear the right clothes. Uh, essentially, Ali Sheedy from Breakfast Club. Right. And they they say, we're going to fix you mm-hmm. and we're going to make you the prom queen. And then it happens by the end of the movie, right? I think they're doing the reverse with Steve. I think they're taking Steve from the super cool guy to the huge nerd. Because I look at that handshake with Dustin. Yeah. I, I know Dustin is a nerd. Everybody thinks Dustin's a nerd. He's amazing. He's my favorite character by far. But he's a nerd. Uh, I think that I think that's the direction they're going with Steve. Like, this relationship is causing him to just abandon everything that made him cool before and give in to the parts of him that he... He really likes the nerdier parts. See, I thought they're going for more like adventures and babysitter sitting uh, Charles in charge. Oh, uh, they're who's doing the boss where for it's sure like in season two, they do that. The, 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 the unlikely person thrust with all this responsibility of taking care of all these kids yeah. and, and kind of Dustin is the Alyssa Milano mm-hmm. of the, who's the boss kind of thing. Um, because I don't know, Steve Steele seems like he's too cool to completely be turned into oh, that handshake. Yeah, I don't think season one Steve does that handshake in front of that girl. <laughs> well, Stephen one, uh, yeah, Stephen one or season one Steve was like a just a fucking villain. So there's a yeah. lot of a lot of changes they made to, to his character. But I, I I I do think yeah that does seem like uh, a fun thing they could do. Um, one thing like if you look at the 1985 pop culture landscape is that like traditional horror was kind of like like the slasher type horror like Friday the Thirteenth Nightmare on L Street or were grinding themselves to a halt mm-hmm. um the 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 first friday the 13th uh, f- uh the f- part five was the first one that did not make money in fact it was a box a box office bomb but there are a lot of like for be- lack of a better term horror comedies like return of the living dead reanimator fright night that had a lot of commercial and critical success by being scary but also quirky and funny and and mm-hmm. weird um yeah. like return of the living dead is like almost a parody of zombie films um and mm-hmm. there's also that at the same time um over a two week period there's like four different like strange science sort of comedies that came out weird science real genius my science project um and they all involve like this band of losers like you know if you haven't seen a weird science is about these two kind of l- loser nerdy guys that uh create this perfect woman who then teaches them essentially to, uh, confidence and how, how to be assholes, really? And how to be assholes, yeah. and they get the girl, and they don't learn a damn thing. They become slightly no. less shitty versions of themselves. Real genius, which is like the like a pre Top Gun Val Kilmer, who's this absurdly good looking and charming physics student that takes these other nerds under their wing, his wing, and they defeat the CIA and thwart their Star Wars laser and expose a corrupt professor. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of nods to these kind of like, you know, nerds getting up to, n- to no good and oh. kind of having fun doing it. You see yeah. that like big elaborate science project. Exactly. Antenna looks like it's going to be a nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that looks like it's going to be pretty pretty cool and kind of lighten uh there'll be enough heart and humor to to lighten the kind of overall darker tone there's one weird choice Mm. i think that they're making with this season uh i think this was in an interview with the creators they said the the duff brothers said they wanted to get into a lot of fletch stuff this season and like I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. I just watched I, it last week to kind of do some prep when I saw that. Yeah, it's been a while for me. Uh, but I, I remember it like Chevy Chase, I thought, was good in it. But Chevy Chase is just a charismatic guy. That doesn't mm-hmm. really translate to Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. What is this about? Because I, I don't see it. So they cast Jake Busey uh, to play this reporter that's described as mm-hmm. kind of like... Um, uh, a, a a journalist with questionable morals and a sick sense of humor. Okay. And you think about that in terms of Ch- uh, uh, Fletch, which um, is about, like you said, a charismatic journalist who accidentally stumbles upon the story of a lifetime involving corrupt executives and secret marriages and drug running and dirty cops and is driven by him wearing disguises and adopting these like outrageous multiple personas and kind of running these confidence scams to get a little piece of information that then he can use to make his next scam better. And when that breaks down, he goes, there's like an elaborate scene where he breaks into this real estate office and gets chased around by a dog. It's all very funny. And I can see him. And at one point he actually, um, gets the attention of these aforementioned corrupt cops and they threaten him in the jail cell. And I'm thinking like, Man, because especially this guy's a sheriff, and I'm like, it'd be it'd be interesting to see this guy because like you can you can clearly see this guy who is maybe a conspiracy theorist type guy, like the like the journalist that Nancy and Jonathan contacted last <laughs> last year. Who I think going is on, be back. on yeah. about the rush. He starts digging into this stuff. He starts getting close to the truth about eleven, and like you can just clearly see the parallels. Like Hopper would be furious and would probably threaten yeah. this man. And yet also you give Jake Busey's kind of some fun tongue in cheek stuff to do mm-hmm. some, you know, kind of jackass humor to get engaged in. I think it might, it might be fun. Um, it's okay. going to be a lot more fun than like David Cronenberg's the fly, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, this guy's name is Bruce. Uh, you also mentioned like in the latest trailer, or was it the first trailer? where it looks like because because like bill we we think that billy's going to be the one that turns into this giant roaring demagogue demagorgon type uh, cronenberg monster but you mentioned that you saw in the trailer that like jake Busey's character this bruce guy is also at the hospital where this happens yeah he's he's like covered in blood rough looking shape like maybe this is a like a, a bait and switch maybe they use the sauna test on billy to drive out the monster and it goes into bruce yeah, I, I don't know, but it looks like it could potentially be Bruce that transforms. Yeah. I also thought that, like, um, when I was doing the research about the pop culture con- um, uh, influences, the A-Team was one of the, like, top 20 shows that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out the previous year. And this, its whole thing was, like, Mr. T always, each episode, would build some elaborate, like, death machine mm-hmm. out of PVC pipe and lawnmower blades and a backhoe sheet metal and sheet metal and all that kind of stuff and you also had data from the goonies who was like this walking like improvised booby trap machine Mm -hmm. and that's always been kind of baked into the dna like that macgyver kind of gene it would be interesting to see like now that the kids are older and like dustin's been to another science fair camp and uh like for them to step up from like the spike baseball bats that get slightly more elaborate traps yeah, uh, slightly more elaborate, like uh, improvised weaponry. There's also um, like Lucas's little sister uh, has been elevated to main cast status, and yeah. she's 
last year she was like this giant sass machine, always busting Lucas's balls. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, but there's also a scene of her like sneaking through uh, like like some kind of duct work, like John McClane, and she's wearing mm-hmm. this improvised head. Oh, gear. it is the diehard shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it looks like that's going to be kind of like the fun where mm-hmm. you've got all these, you know, you've got like a little bit of Fletch in there, you've got some, you know, Michael J. Fox. Uh, science comedy you got some weird science you've got some goonies uh you got yeah. the, the little sister doing her diehard stuff and that's where that the you know other than just the camaraderie of the kids themselves that's where you're going to see a lot of fun um, yeah they're they're really good at blending that fun and that uh danger well they also mentioned uh like a final influence they mentioned romancing the stone and in indiana jones which makes me think of like you know Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood. It makes me think of yeah. um, uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner from, and that makes me think of uh, uh, Hopper and Joyce. Because there's first of all, Hopper is looking very Magnum PI this year mm-hmm. with his mustache. hundred uh, percent. He's also in Hellboy fighting trim because mm-hmm. you know he laid off the donuts apparently after his. Yeah, resolution. he said he was on a diet after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 it's they're they're like like Parks and Rec's explanation for why Chris Pratt showed up one season uh. ripped. I just stopped drinking beer. I stopped eating donuts, <laughs> and then look what happened. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like that we've 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 already got plausible things for the kids to be doing for the older kids to be doing. Joyce and Hopper have kind of always had this kind of will they, won't they, and there's a scene of like it looks like Hopper's being stood up for a date. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bet that they one of the core things of Indiana Jones and Romance and Stone is like these these male and female leads getting together and getting into an adventure, and it seems like they're going to go that direction with uh, Joyce and Hopper, and I'm ecstatic about that because I think Winona Ryder and uh, David Harbour are really cool, and they got good chemistry together, and more of that. Yeah, I loved Bob, but I don't really... Bob's a hell of a guy. I, I didn't see Joyce and Bob together. Is there a shrine to Bob at the new Radio Shack in the mall? Like, is there, like, you know, like a little picture of him with some candles lit? Something's tasteful. I would hope so. Yeah. Do you think anybody found out that Bob died horribly, screaming on the floor, being eaten what by demo dogs? What was the official color story, cover story of him dying? I don't know that they ever said what the cover story was. I thought they was. addressed it, but you just watched the scene. Maybe then, so. I I must have missed it if they did. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they did have an Indiana Jones reference, though. It was uh, Nancy and Jonathan kind of hooking up at the, the conspiracy theorist guy's house. Yeah. Like, they, they have the moment where, you know, Indy, the, the, where they're separated mm-hmm. into two separate rooms, and then they kind of, like, think about, oh, maybe I should go over there to the mm-hmm. other room. Mm-hmm. And then there's a comedy of errors where it doesn't quite connect, and then finally it does. They did that whole thing, yeah, with Jonathan and Nancy. So I I feel like if we're gonna get some Indiana Jones, we're gonna get it. That, that's more like an overarching like yeah. spiritual thing throughout the entirety of this series. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about as far as uh, there's there's some stuff like uh this this idea. So so a lot of people are speculating about the first teaser trailer that we saw because in it there's a scene where we see a computer screen flipping a bunch of like matrix-esque code and it stops on several words when yellow and blue meet in the west um i i don't know exactly what that means however on the poster for season three you can see that l and mike are wearing yellow and blue uh potentially connecting them through that statement what what it means to meet in the west i don't know could be a west wing of a mall um 
we we see Elle at some point on a beach. I don't know if that's actually her on the West Coast or something, like going back there with Max because we know that they're best friends now. Yeah, that's cool to see they're like, you know, they're doing all the teenage girl things, jumping on the bed yeah. and eating ice eating cream. The together. tainted ice cream, yeah. yeah. Uh that's what that's what girls do, yeah. Of course. Just jump on bed and eat ice cream. I mean, yeah, they they probably do. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm not privy to twelve year old girls' lives very often. Uh so I, I don't know what this actually means. There's also a shot in one of the trailers of the uh, clock in the Starcourt Mall with mm. yellow and blue hands. Mm. Meeting in the West could mean meeting nine somewhere o'clock. around 9 o'clock. 9.45. Yeah. yeah, like 8.45-ish, 8, 8.40. Where would that oh, be? Yeah, 8.42 probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds right. You want to get him like as close to there as possible. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to see what that means. It's clearly a big deal, and they've been pointing at it. Uh, and telling us to pay attention to it, but not sure what it means yet. I'm paying attention going into it now. Uh, they had L with the single nosebleed in season one, like just one nostril. Uh, they had the double nostril at the end of last season. I'm not comfortable speculating on where she might, what orifice she might bleed ears. from this season. The one nostril, two nostril, one ear, two ears. Okay. Ears, nose, throat. Uh-huh. And, you know... Eyes, you can bleed well, from we your talked eyes. about we we talked about puberty and change already. I, don't I know, to, yeah. So, so I don't I don't know where they can go with that, but maybe. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm really interested to see one of the cornerstones of this series uh, and what it looks like. Joyce's living room, yeah. Because we know in season one it was totally wrecked by communicating with Will in the Upside Down. She put up the the lights and the walls were destroyed and everything. Season two, they they put those underground tunnels all over her house for the majority of the season. Right. I'm kind of curious to see what they do to Joyce's house this season. Plus, she might be, as we've previously discussed, she might be uh, getting out, getting out of town. Yeah. The iconic uh, Joyce Briar set might might very well be no more. Could be. Uh, is there any other things we want to talk about, like pop culture influence wise, or I don't think so. Um, maybe music videos are going to play a part. Uh, this is kind of when music videos started getting big. Uh, Aha had Take On Me yeah. out this year. Very influential. Yeah, super influential music video. It was it was kind of a mix of like sketch and real life um, and playing with those concepts. And it sort of seems to fit like maybe with the upside down a little bit, going back and forth between those worlds. But I don't know if they're going to do anything with it. We haven't seen much in the way of music videos in this series yet. So One we'll thing I out. thought would be cool... You know, last year the arcade was big with mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Dragon's Lair theme, and we know, or I think we suspect that there will be an arcade in the mall, um, whether it puts out the mom and pop uh, standalone yeah, arcade out, out of something. business or not. But one of the big, the hit arcade uh, cabinets for this year was Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. What I think like, what I think is cool about Gauntlet is Gauntlet is very like D and D class characters. You've got like a fighter, yeah. you got a Valkyrie, a wizard, you got a what a ranger. No and zoomers. There's huh? <laughs> no zoomers. No zoomers. No zoomers. But you've got the original four, like the 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 foursome, the D and D party, where the four yeah. boys, and you've got the famous. This is a four player console, kind of like D and D themed game. 
I think it would be cool to like uh I, I don't know what the, I, I don't know what kind of prediction this is but it'd be kind of neat to see the boys playing that maybe in one of the earlier scenes just as like an homage to how we started and like yeah. you got this way to fit like these guys all around and it kind of tie I don't know if they will but uh, that would be kind of a cool video game we're a little too early for Super Nin- or for the Nintendo to be out we are we're like three four months too early yeah uh, some, some of these boys will be getting Nintendo Entertainment Systems for this Christmas probably probably but uh, we the last well year like ones. yeah we got the Christmas last year just with the winter ball or whatever the winter dances I I doubt yeah. we get that far this year so. Maybe next uh, year we'll have Super Mario Brothers. The other arcade machine that I think could be kind of interesting and applies to these kids is Paperboy. Oh, yeah. Because they're constantly riding their bikes, and Paperboy was an arcade machine that had bike handlebars as its mm-hmm. controller. Mm-hmm. So you'd ride around the streets turning the handlebars. I could see that being a thing for them. Yeah, yeah Or at yeah. least a fun little moment. Yeah. I mean, they've still got another year, a couple of years of uh, primary transportation being bicycles, mm-hmm. so that would fit, fit very nicely in there. <laughs> primary transportation being Steve at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forcing yeah. him to well, drive them around. You, it, that, I mean, I'm very curious to see, because I hear uh, the plan is to have one more season. Yeah. And uh, that's fine with the kids in there, but like with Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, uh, that's another reality of small-town life. A lot of people... Especially, you know, your best and brightest or you know, the ones that uh, have ambition and verve get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, you got this brain drain going. Now, and I also think it's interesting of like, what does it even mean to enter adulthood under these circumstances? Like your parents don't know about all these horrible things that you've seen and you've had to do. And like you're kind of carrying this terrible secret and you're also trying to like fight this war against the gut, you know, like this the shadow war against the Hawking's laboratory and the government care, uh, cover up and the, all the MK ultra stuff. Like how do you, how do you grow up? How do you make that transition? Like, Very quickly. I imagine. Like how do you hold down an office job? Yeah. Uh, when you know that like an interdimensional, an interdimensional portal could open up and, and change your life at any time. It's like a, you know, fucked, fucked way to live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. What's our plan for coverage this year? Jim? So, as I understand it, and correct me if, if I've misremembered, but I think we're going to be releasing three episodes. We're going to be binge-watching the whole thing, recording podcasts between each episode. July 4th, this thing drops. <sighs> Which, can we talk about how insane that is? Like, what is Netflix doing? And you're, you're dropping is, yeah. your most popular show uh-huh. on a day when nobody's going to fucking want to watch it because they're all outside I mean, barbecuing or watch on the road. But, but yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they'll want to watch it, but they won't. Because they got other shit to do. It's ballsy to take a big popular pro, um, uh, series like this and just gamble that people will, on the busiest travel weekends of the United States, when everybody's wanting to go out and barbecue mm-hmm. and watch fireworks and sit at the pool, uh, that there are going to be enough uh, pathetic nerds like you and me that are going to stay in and watch it on July 4th to, to make it work. Because, like, you also, I mean, that, that's the other thing about the Stranger Things is. Um, Stranger Things is a big event. Everybody loves it, but it comes and goes pop culture wise in like two, three weeks and it's gone. Yeah. And if they have underestimated how badly people want to see this and if people aren't watching Netflix in July and then the next week there's another 10 Netflix properties coming out, Mm -hmm. like it is ballsy to do because like even even HBO on big things like Watchmen or Watchmen, uh, Westworld and uh, Game of Thrones the leftovers have to typically taken big holiday weekends off where they just like, yeah. Oh, everyone's going to be, no one's going to be watching TV The take your 
like one of your crown jewels and push it all out there on a major holiday. It's crazy. Chris, you've also got the rest of the world being like, who gives a fuck? It's just a it's just it's just a weekend to us. Give it to us. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they're counting on the rest of the world to prop this up. But they I doubt they'll have the numbers like they're you know talking about. Oh, this latest Adam Sandler movie, 30 million people downloading it on the first day. And yeah. like uh, you're not going to have that with Stranger Things if you release it on July 4th weekend yeah it's a big it's a big gamble and the other thing is we'll never know whether it paid off or not because yeah. netflix never talks about it. i guess we'll know if our upload for download numbers are up or down like relatively speaking yeah so that, that's the thing we are going to try to watch three episodes and release podcasts on them on on that thursday when it drops july 4th mm-hmm. no july 3rd i think it's july 4th is thursday it? yeah okay the day that, that this show drops we're gonna have three podcasts out there uh ready to go after we've had an opportunity to watch them yep. then we're going to come back on monday of the following week because oh fuck us july 4th weekend has has fucked up our schedule uh-huh. thanks netflix uh and we're going to do another three and then i think tuesday we're going to do the final two yeah is that the plan yeah so we'll have we'll have full coverage of the season out within five days of it been releasing and like the first third the first f- full act likely out um on, on the actual day of july 4th so yeah. Uh, we're excited to have you guys along with that, uh, the ride for us on that. We will be, as we have done in episodes or seasons past, we'll be creating threads on our forum for each episode so people can like kind of silo up and discuss it at their own pace. Uh, that's at forums.baldmove.com. You can also send us email, strangerthings at baldmove.com. Like last year, we're going to save up all that feedback and read it as a like a, a corresponding wrap-up podcast after we're done covering the season. And probably take a week off to give people time to like watch it and submit that in. But we will be taking feedback. We will be considering that all at the end because we're going to be recording these all out of not out of order but like out of sequence from you guys is probably listening to it mm-hmm. uh, but yeah we will be taking feedback through those methods um and so send it in to stranger things at baldmove.com uh i'm very excited it's been uh been about as long a wait as what we had to watch or we had to wait for game of thrones to come back i hope this yeah. season deliver you know is more universally satisfying let's say i, I have a lot of faith yeah. Uh the first two seasons have been some of my favorite television experiences yeah. over the last three years. I don't know. I'm, I might I might be wearing my hashtag fan bankruptcy t shirt. Just eh. just to, just just to it never hurts to nah. set your expectations low. Okay, yeah. I mean set them low and then the trailers have looked like that first trailer with the teenage wasteland and the way it was cut and edited and just how beautiful. Uh like Stranger Things have has always had a really cool visual style. Yeah. But like moving into the summer and getting that nice warm palette and getting the vaporwave aesthetics of the mall in there and getting mm. the uh, you know the fireworks and the carnival like it just looks like a gorgeous episode. It looks like gorgeous episodes of television to watch as well. So any other last thoughts? No, that's it. Well, we'll be here a week from now with the first three episodes of Stranger Things. Uh, forums.baldmove.com if you want to discuss with everybody with all their individual episodes uh, and their individual threads. Uh, StrangerThingsAboldMove.com if you want to get your thoughts read on the air uh, and consider for feedback. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.